many believers consider Christmas their favorite time of year, a joyous season to celebrate the Savior's birth. But what if Christ had never been born? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to this rhetorical question to show how Jesus is the reason, not only for the season, but for hope itself. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his special message, Why There Must Be Christmas. Well, thank you so much uh, for being with us today as we enter into uh, the final few days before uh, the celebration of Christmas. This is a frenzied week for a lot of you, and I hope that perhaps what we say each day on this program will settle your heart and remind you again of why all of this takes place every year. We are celebrating the birthday of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today we're going to talk about why there must be Christmas, why Christmas is what it is, why it's so important. I was uh, listening to the channel that carries all the Christmas music, XM71, I think it is, for whatever that's worth. And um, I was reminded about how many secular people that I know about who don't know anything about Jesus and wouldn't want anything to do with him, many, many of them, are singing about his birth and the little baby Jesus and being born in Bethlehem and how he saves the world and all of that. They mouth the words. They say the words because it's the celebration of this season. But unfortunately for many of them, they may not know this Jesus in their heart. That's a pretty good cross-section of our, of our world, isn't it? We celebrate an event And the source of the celebration is unknown to those who are celebrating it. Well, today we're going to try to dig into that a little bit. Maybe maybe there'll be a few less people who are like that when we're finished as we talk about why there must be Christmas. Tomorrow and Wednesday, we're going to talk about God is with us, the translation of the word Emmanuel. On Thursday, the hopes and fears of Christmas— And on Friday, a different kind of Christmas. And I hope you'll join us every day this week. Before we get into our lesson, let me just remind you that we are making available during the month of December our very beautiful leather devotional. This year, the title of the devotional is Every Day with Jesus. And those words are silverly embossed on the front cover of a beautiful blue and tan leather devotional package. Inside, there's a devotional reading for every day of the year. I read one yesterday, and I remember how it touched my heart because it talked about how everything that we accomplish for God is God's gift to us. He allows us to do it, and he makes it possible for us to do it because he knows that he's created us with a sense of reward for working for him. It starts with him. It ends with him. We get to be a part of the middle. And uh, that's just one of the thoughts, and you'll see many thoughts like that. Every day there's a new writing that is just for you and just for that day. And this devotional guide is yours for the asking when you send your December gift to Turning Point today. Well, let's finish up what we started on Friday as we talk about why there must be Christmas. It was early July 2020. Mary Daniel had not seen her husband for 114 days due to coronavirus restrictions at the senior care facility where he lives. Her husband, Steve, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's seven years ago and moved into a care facility in Jacksonville, Florida. 
She said she had been visiting with her husband every night and would get him ready for bed. But with the coronavirus pandemic hit, health facilities restricted visitors to prevent the spread of COVID-19 to vulnerable patients. And the facility closed to visitors on March 11th, the last time she saw Steve as a visitor. Mary worried about her husband. So much time alone was not good for an Alzheimer's patient. And she was desperate to find some way to stay connected. And then out of the blue, the care facility's corporate office called Mary and said, we've got a part-time job available if you would like to take it. She didn't even ask what it was. She was willing to do any job that they offered for the chance to get inside. And what they ended up giving her was a dishwashing position. She washed dishes. This job is allowing Mary to see her husband regularly, and she's so thankful. It's worth it to be able to visit him, and I can already tell the difference in his demeanor after three visits. I'm so grateful. I just wanted to be with him every day. What Mary Daniel did for her husband because of her love for him in a much more profound way, Jesus Christ has done for you and me. He loved us so much, he moved into our sick and dying world. Not just to be close to us, but to rescue us and take us to his home in heaven. Several Thanksgivings ago, I remembered this vividly. One of my favorite presidents, George W. Bush, made a surprise visit to Iraq. While he was there, the president served up turkey dinner to 600 stunned soldiers in a mess hall in Baghdad's airport. Now, you see, the soldiers had gathered for what they thought would be a speech by the chief U.S. administrator, Paul Bremer. Bremer told the troops he would read a Thanksgiving proclamation from the president. And then he paused and noted that it was customary for the most senior official present to read the president's proclamation. And he turned back toward the stage curtain and he said, is there anybody back there who's more senior than I am? And the president himself emerged from behind a curtain as cheering soldiers climbed up on chairs and tables to yell their approval. It's got to be lonely for them, the president said. I thought it was important to send that message that we care for them. The unannounced visit not only brought wild cheers from battle-worn soldiers, but it stunned the nation and even surprised the president's parents who thought he was coming for Thanksgiving dinner in Crawford, Texas, and saw him on TV in Iraq. (laughs) I love that story, just for the value of the story. But isn't that a wonderful picture of what happened some 2,000 years ago? The Bible says God had formerly delivered his message time and time again in various ways. That's what Hebrews says. In various ways, God tried to deliver the message of his love for us, and we didn't get it. So in due time, God made a surprise visit to the world, and we call that moment Christmas when the Word became flesh and lived among us. If you know Jesus, you know God. That's why Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You get to the Father through the Son. One of my favorite stories is about Will Graham, who's preached here in the past. He's Billy Graham's grandson. And one day, I was listening to him preach at a conference where we both were, and he said, 
that whenever he goes any place to preach, when his grandfather was still living, he said a lot of people would come to hear him. But he said, I knew they weren't there to hear me. They were hoping that I could help them meet my grandfather. And he said, one day I found an answer from the scripture, and here it is. He said, I told them that the way to the father is not through the grandson, but through the son. (laughs) Very clever. (laughs) The way to the father for all of us is through the son, through Jesus Christ. If you don't have Christmas, this doesn't mean anything. If you don't have Christmas, you really can't understand God. And if you don't have Christmas, you're still in your sin and you're not forgiven. That's a terrible thought. If Christ had not been born, we couldn't be forgiven of our sin. And the Bible says, she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If Jesus had not come into the world, there would be no such thing as the forgiveness of sins. The law was impossible to forgive sin. When the fullness of his time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. One day, John the Baptist saw Jesus walking across the landscape, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Listen to me, men and women. Without Jesus Christ coming to this earth to be one of us, there is no such thing as being forgiven. Do you remember the first time you ever realized that God had fully and completely and totally forgiven you of all your sin? Do you know the joy and blessing of that guilt being lifted from your life? One of the things that people have told me over the years, if I've had the privilege of leading them to Christ, is, you know, Dr. Jeremiah, when I accepted Jesus Christ, it was like somebody lifted a burden off of my shoulders. That's what forgiveness is all about. And if Jesus had not come to this earth and died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine, we could not be forgiven. If Christ had not come, the course of humanity would be one long downward trudge toward the eternal night of despair. If Christ had not come, we would still be in our sins. Christmas is so vital because without it, this book is gone. Without it, we don't know who God is. Without it, we can't be forgiven. Here's the fourth thing. If there isn't any Christmas... We can't get any prayers answered. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 that we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. He was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And therefore we are told to come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Because the Lord Jesus came to this earth and walked among us as one of us, when we pray to the Father, whose name do we pray in? In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Why? Because through Jesus, we have one who understands everything about us because he experienced all that we've experienced. And we come and say, Lord Jesus, here I am again. I thought I had this managed, but I don't. Christmas reminds us that Christ chooses to enter into our suffering. Jesus already experienced way beyond anything we could ever imagine. And the Bible teaches us that one of the reasons he came to this earth, one of the reasons for the incarnation, 
God in the flesh was that we might have someone like us who has experienced our experiences and knows how to help us in our time of need. So when I pray to the Lord Jesus, he's not some distant person who's never experienced my experiences. Listen to me, if you've been lonely, the Lord Jesus knew loneliness. If you've lost resources, the Bible said he had no home, no place to sleep. Everything you've ever known in your life, including everything you know right now, whoever you might be, Jesus has been there and done that. So when you talk to him, he knows what you're talking about. Christmas tells us that the primary interest of Jesus is always to help us. He's always about encouragement. He's always about grace. He's always about mercy. He is here to help us. Jesus came into this world knowing what it would cost him, but it was worth it so that he could be our helper. And finally, if there's no Christmas, we have no Bible. If there's no Christmas, we struggle to know God. If there's no Christmas, we're still unforgiven. If there's no Christmas, our prayers can't get answered. And if there's no Christmas, there's no hope. If Jesus didn't come to bring us eternal life, what is there to live for? Have you ever noticed the difference between people who know Jesus and people who don't? I mean, I know there's some unbelievers who are just humanly happy all the time. I've met some of them. But I've not very often met people who don't know Jesus who have that settled joy in their heart that makes it possible for them even to face the loss of a loved one and not be filled with despair. When you know Jesus, you have hope. Listen to what it says in Ephesians. At that time, you were without Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where we were. But the New Testament teaches us that when Jesus came, he came not only to forgive our sins, but to give us the hope, not the hope-so hope, but the no-so hope, that one day we would spend eternity with him. Colossians 1.27 puts it this way, Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> Timothy said, Jesus Christ is our hope. Paul said that to Timothy. And Paul wrote that we who are Christians are looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's a section of the scripture in the first book of Corinthians where Paul is writing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and he makes some very strong statements concerning its importance. I hesitate ever to change anything in the scripture, but just for this moment, I want you to allow me the privilege of replacing the resurrection of Christ with the birth of Christ in this passage, and I think you will see how important it really is. And if Christ has not come, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that Christ has come when indeed he has not. And if Christ has not come, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. That tells us how important Christmas is because Christmas is the celebration of the coming of Christ. It is a celebration of Christ coming to be one of us, to be a part of who we are. The Bible says he tasted flesh that he might be one of us.
the obscure birth of this peasant child seemed insignificant when it happened. But it reaches across the years to demand our attention. It suggests the importance not just for those who were involved in the events of that moment, but for all the rest of us, even from a distance of 20 centuries. The story of Jesus is ultimately not a narrative about its own time. It's a narrative about all time. It is not simply about Mary and Joseph and the others. It concerns us just as if we had stood beside those shepherds that night and knelt by the manger and marveled at the newborn. Jesus has come, and he has come to bring us hope. There's a Catholic priest whose writings I like to read. His name is Henry Nguyen. Don't know where he got the gift of writing, but he writes wonderfully well. And when it comes to the narratives of the New Testament, he's spot on. He tells the story of one day being in the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. And when he got there, he came to the painting called The Return of the Prodigal Son. It's an incredible painting that tells the story of the prodigal son. Now, let me define this for just a moment because often when we say prodigal, we think that means bad. Like for instance, if you have a child in your family and he's going south when you hoped would go north, oh, he's our prodigal. Well, be careful what you say because the prodigal is not a bad term. The word prodigal just means without restraint. Prodigality is borderless. Whatever is being done is being done at full force without any restraint. I remember preaching on the prodigal son and actually telling you that the real story was it wasn't the son who was the prodigal, it was the father. He was the one who unconditionally embraced his son. He was the prodigal father. So prodigality doesn't mean evil, it just means without restraint. When the son went into the far country in the story in Luke 15, he he went and without restraint, he spent all the money that he had. Remember that? So the word prodigal here does not mean evil. Back to my friend Henry Nouwen, who was sitting watching and looking and staring at the portrait. And he said while he was staring at the painting, he gained new insight into the parable. The mystery that Jesus himself became something of a prodigal for our sakes. He left the house of his heavenly father, and he came to a foreign country, and he gave all that he had, and he returned through the cross to his father's home. All of this he did, not as a rebellious son, but as an obedient son, sent out to bring home all the lost children of God. Jesus is the prodigal son of the prodigal father. I never thought of that before. I will never forget it. It brings new meaning to a parable that I have loved. But it brings new meaning to the message we are preaching today that Jesus came to be one of us so that ultimately he could take us home to be with the Father. And that's what Christmas is all about, and that's the prelude to Christmas that I wanted to share with you today. Before we close our Bibles, one last thought for you and for me. I read about a pastor who said that his son just didn't understand gifts. He said, my wife and I would go out when he was a little guy and buy what we thought was the perfect gift. 
And the little guy would tear open the gift and end up playing with the box. He said, it drove us crazy. Some of you are smiling because you probably had similar experiences. He said, one day we were talking about this and we decided on the next Christmas we were going to find the gift of gifts that he would not be able to resist. And we shopped and we shopped and we shopped and we found the gift and we were so excited. We were more excited at that moment when the gift came out from under the tree than he was. And he was about to open it. Much more excited than he would ever have been because we knew this was going to be the end and he was going to fall in love with the gift. He ripped open the gift like a little boy would and actually got out the toy and began to play with it. I had such a feeling of victory. I went into the kitchen to get something to drink and it was in there for just a minute. When I came out, he was sitting in the box. I couldn't believe it. If you're one of God's children, you've been given the most awesome gift that could ever be given to anyone. It's the most gorgeous from every perspective. It's a gift of such grandeur that it's hard to wrap human vocabulary around it and explain it. It's beautiful from every vista. It's the gift that every human being needs. It's a gift that in all of your work and all of your effort and all of your achievement you could never have earned you could never have deserved, you could never have achieved. It is absolutely without question the gift of gifts, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he brings. It's the gift of grace. But I am deeply persuaded, having watched Christmas now over all these years, that there are many Christians who are content to sit in the box and play with the wrappings and the ribbons and the paper and ignore the gift that they were meant to receive. And I just want to encourage you this year, enjoy the gift. Enjoy all of the wonderful things that go with it. But don't get so caught up in the wrapping and in the box that you forget the gift that's inside, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. During the harshest days of the Civil War, the 17-year-old son of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow ran away from home and joined the army. Shortly afterward, Henry received news that his son Charlie had been wounded, shot through the back. Henry went where he was and for weeks sat by his son's bedside, slowly nursing him back to health. It was Christmas Day, 1863, Henry gave vent to his feelings in a plaintive carol that can only be understood against the backdrop of war. The poet said he felt like dropping his head in despair. But then he heard the Christmas bells. Their triumphant pealing reminded him that God is not dead nor does he sleep. Sunday school children in Boston began to sing it. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, that year's Christmas celebration. How wonderful that such a song should emerge from the bloody clouds of war. How wonderful that heaven's Christmas bells, the pealing of love through Jesus Christ, can bring peace to our hearts today. You know the words of the song. You've sung them many times. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. The wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men.
then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Amen. And Merry Christmas to every one of you as we enter into this incredible week of uh, celebration and Christmas programs and last-minute shopping and the gathering of friends and loved ones together, traveling many of you across the country, some of you to different places in the world, the celebration of the birthday of Christ. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about what this means in this respect. Christmas means that God is with us. He is not a faraway God. He's a near-at-hand God. He came into our culture, into our humanity. And that's all about Emmanuel tomorrow here on Turning Point. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. To let us know how God is using Turning Point to deepen your faith, write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's encouraging new 365-day devotional for 2022, Every Day with Jesus. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue our special messages for Christmas on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Back again this year, the home for Christmas channel from David Jeremiah and Turning Point Ministries. Fill your season with all your favorite holiday traditions, music, carols, laughter, scripture, pageants, inspirational Bible teaching, and more. Start streaming your Christmas favorites and discover new ones completely free. And enjoy the home for Christmas channel at home, in the car, or anywhere you need a little Christmas. Visit turningpoint.tv to start streaming today. That's turningpoint.tv. Introducing Dr. David Jeremiah's new 365-day devotional, Every Day with Jesus. Inside this beautiful leather-soft volume, you'll find 365 daily inspirational readings from Dr. David Jeremiah, paired with selected scripture to challenge and encourage you in your walk with God. Every Day with Jesus is yours this month in appreciation for your gift of any amount in support of this program. And when you give a generous year-end gift of $120 or more, Dr. David Jeremiah will thank you with four copies of Every Day with Jesus, one to keep and three to share with others. Let this daily devotional inspire you in the coming year to live every single day with Jesus, for Jesus, and like Jesus. Request yours at davidjeremiah.ca today. That's davidjeremiah.ca. And thanks to a generous giving challenge through the end of the month, all gifts to the ministry are effectively doubled up to $200,000. Joseph was a carpenter, a man who knew how to make plans. When he asked a young woman in Nazareth to be his wife, he probably had a plan in mind for their future. But Joseph's plans were suddenly changed when he discovered Mary was pregnant. Like any good man would, 
Joseph made plans to spare Mary the shame of her pregnancy out of wedlock. But when he discovered Mary was pregnant with the Son of God, he immediately submitted his plans to God. You know, Christmas is about recognizing that God is Lord over our lives and being willing to embrace His plans when He changes ours. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's plans for your life on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.